Hello everybody, how are you? You alright? I'm okay. Hasn't it turned out lovely? Turned out lovely like, isn't it? Isn't it turned out lovely? Yes, it's nice. Very nice weather. Um, which I'm very pleased about. The nice weather seems to be back. I haven't had a chance to probably sit on it. Sit on it? Sit in it. Out on it. Yet. But I'm hoping that it'll stick around for a bit and I shall have a chance to, to, to sit out in it. Although, you know, where I am in the in conservatoire, in my conservatory office, I um, am able to look out into the garden and see how lovely it is, which is great. Seeing a little foxy going through the garden deciding the better of it because I went fox not very subtly and then it dropped whatever it was carrying I think it was a ball rather than a dead thing um, and turn around and, and go the other way I witnessed some magpies earlier on um, sort of having a bit of a rough and tumble with with a big fat pigeon you know, it was they were they were sort of beating it up. I felt a bit sorry for it, really. I thought the teacher came out of me, and I thought, do I go out? Do I go out and say, now, really, do do, do we behave like this? I think we know better. I think if we all sit down, I think we know better than this. <laughs> but I decided that actually nature was nature, and actually I shouldn't be doing that. So I didn't, I left it to it. So hopefully, somewhere or other, there isn't a dead bird being, having been pecked to, get to death by the violent magpie brothers. Gary and Steve. Uh, yeah, so anyway, all is well, all is well. How are you? You all right? That's very good. Glad to hear it. Um, I don't know how long this nice work is going to continue for, but I'm looking forward to the fact that it's continued for a bit. Um, that's good. Is good. Is good for da. Right, anyway, what am I talking about? So, we are at Sonnet 73. So, yesterday, where had we got to? 72 um you know he was oh you know in case the world challenges you to to talk about what you loved about me just forget about me um because i'm too ashamed of what i write about because they're worthless worthless uh, was, you know, he was talking about how, how rubbish his sonnets were. Do you remember that? Annoyingly. Um, so, today, let's see where we are today. That time of year that mayest in me behold When yellow leaves or none or few do hang On those boughs which shake against the cold their ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang. In me thou seest the twilight of such day, 
as after sunset fadeth in the west, which by and by black night doth take away. Death's second self that seals up all in rest. In me thou seest the glowing of such fire that on the ashes of his youth does lie as the deathbed whereon it must expire, consumed with that which it was nourished by. This thou perceivest, which makes thou lo love more strong, to love that well which thou must leave ere long. Okay, so it's nicely written, nicely written this, and it's, you know, it's often praised as one of the most successfully constructed and also one of the most moving of all the sonnets. It's not going to replace my favourite, I don't think, but we'll have a look. That time of year when thou mayest in me behold when yellow leaves or none or few do hang upon those boughs which shake against the cold, bear ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang. When you look at me, you can see an image of those times of year when the leaves are yellow or have fallen or where the trees have no leaves at all and the bare branches where the sweet birds recently sang shiver in anticipation of the cold. In me thou seest the twilight of, of such day as after sunset fadeth in the west, which by and by black night doth take away death's second self that seals up all in rest. In me you can see the twilight that remains after the sunset fades in the west, which by and by is replaced by black night, the twin of death, which closes up everyone in eternal rest. In me thou seest the glowing of such fire that on the ashes of his youth doth lie as the deathbed whereon it must expire, consumed with that which it was nourished by. In me you can see the remains of a fire still glowing atop the ashes of its early stages, as if it lay on its own deathbed, on which it has to burn out, consuming what used to, what used to fuel it. This thou perceivest, which makes thy love more strong. You can see all these things, and they make your love stronger. To love that well, which thou must leave ere long. You, um, because you love even more what you know you'll lose before long. Okay, so you, you see all of this, which means your love is pretty strong. If you can love all of this ruins, 
all of this old ruin of a bloke who is about to die. You know, when you see me, that time of the year thou mayest in me behold, when yellow leaves or none of you do hang upon those boughs which shake against the cold. That's, you know, that's pretty... pretty effective in saying that if you know if I was a tree um, I wouldn't have very many leaves or my leaves would be yellow and they would be about to drop off in me thou seest the twilight of such day after as after sunset fadeth in the west so yeah It could also, you know, mean that death is going to eventually take all of us um, and and rob all of us of our loved ones and remind us that we only have one life. Um, and so it could be reminding the the fair youth that death does take everyone. Um, you know that on the ashes of his youth doth lie, as the death breath whereon it must ex- must expire. You know that death takes everyone. you know when we talk about the um, this relationship this relationship is a long relationship that is being spoken about here when it speaks about um, as the death bear whereupon it must expire consumed with that it was nourished this is a long relationship um, with people who have known each other a long time Um, yeah these, these people have grown together and have known each other a long time to be nourished by the deathbed where somebody has, uh, whereupon it must expire, consumed with that which it was nourished by, to, uh, you know, someone has, there is a relationship there where someone's love, there is a strength of love, um, and Um, These people have known each other for a long time to be nourished by each other. 
Now it's important for us to get the context here that um, Will is probably in his 30s when he wrote this, in his 30s, and that he would go on to live another 20 years. So he's not at death's door when he's writing this. He is just in his 30s. So either he's a bit of a hypochondriac or, um, you know, he has, hasn't got a great understanding of his life expectancy or this is just another... Um, This is just another device to uh, make the fair youth look at him. It's, you know, it's kind of, that's a, di you know, that's a difficult one. Um, is he is he afraid of losing his love or is there some sort of manipulation going on well what do you think guys what is it that you you know from what we've seen what do you think so anyway that is sonnet 73 um so now moving on moving on moving on moving on so we're going to go to now an english poet um called john who was um an english poet writer and broadcaster born on the 28th of august 1906 died 19th of may 1984 um john betjeman um and he was a poet laureate from 1974 until his own death i must find out who's poet laureate now my mom will kick me because i don't know who it is i'll find out and tell you tomorrow he was founding member of the victorian society and helped save the st pancras railway station from being demolished isn't that cool now here's some other stuff that i found out i didn't know he was baptized at st anne's church um, in Highgate, where um, I used to go to play school. I used to go to play school there. I have great memories of going to play school there. Um, and we used to go to church there in Highgate. This is in London. And I think my sister was baptised there. I've got a feeling. Um, because we used to live around there. Because um, my dad used to teach um, at a, a school there, a private school there, called Highgate School. Now, Betjeman also went to Highgate School. Um, and he was taught by uh, another poet, T.S. Eliot. Um, so, from there, he also he went to Marlborough College. Um, which is a public school in Wiltshire. There, he joined something called the Secret Society of Amici. That sounds fun, isn't it? 
Da, 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 da. Um, uh, and he, you know, had a kind of full and varied life and um, was quite useful during the war and did, did, um, did the, uh, wasn't actually able to go and fight, but did the um, whole propaganda type of stuff and was quite useful that way. But he died from Parkinson's disease um, and was buried in Trebetherick in Cornwall, which is somewhere that I've been going, ooh, for the last three years um, with uh, my partner, the Herb's family. Um, yeah, this lovely little village in Cornwall. And he's buried there um, by Enadoc Church, this little, little church that they sort of discovered. And you, ha- you have to, um, they, they, it was sort of buried and you, and you had to get to it um, by crawling through some um, stone slabs until they sort of um, rediscovered it, really. Um, but yeah, so they, so he's buried there. Um, anyway, so the poem that I'm going to read for you is called The Hunter. And let me just find it. Okay, here we go. Right, sorry, it's called Hunter Trials. Okay. Um, and it's about um, it's about um, it's about sort of girls who very posh girls who are a bit useless at um, pony riding and jumping on ponies Okay. Betjeman was a, a poet of proper nouns. And Prunella, Smudges, Guzzle, Diana and Miss Blewett, all names for posh girls and ponies. The diction that you'll hear is both ridiculously British, and you'll hear the wizardest pony on earth, or equestrian jargon, loose fetlocks and whatnot. Um, Pelham bits being a bit taboo for inexperienced riders. Um, the girls probably come from old families with old money and horses in their heritage. Right. So, Hunter Trials. It's awfully bad luck on Diana. Her ponies have swallowed their bits. She fished down their throats with a spanner and frighted them all into fits. So now she's attempting to borrow. Do lend her some bits, mummy, do. I'll lend her my own for tomorrow, but today I'll be wanting them too. (gasps) Just look at Prunella on Guzzle, the wizardest pony on earth. Why doesn't she slacken his muzzle and tighten the breech on his girth? I say, mumsy, there's... Mrs. Geyser, doesn't she look pretty sick? 
I bet it's because Mona Lisa was hit on the hock with a brick. Mrs. Blewett says Monica threw it, but Monica says it was Joan, and Joan's very thick with Miss Blewett, so Monica's sulking alone. And Margaret failed in her paces. So her withers got tied in a noose, so her coronet caught in the traces, and now her, all her fetlocks are loose. Oh, it's me now. I'm terribly nervous. I wonder if Smudges will shy. She's practically certain to swerve as her pelhams is over one eye. Oh, wasn't it naughty of Smudges? Oh, Mummy, I'm sick with disgust. She threw me in front of the judges and my silly old collarbones bust. So, there you go. So um, this is a world where um, these type of people, the, the most important thing that they have to think about is um, horses and um, getting their horses over jumping, uh, you know, the, the equestrian jumping things. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of fun there. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, if you have any poems, serious or not, that you would like me to read or to talk about um, or to have a go at looking at, then give me a shout on karen.vanderhoven at turnerschools.com um, and I'd be delighted to give it a go. Um, yeah, I hope you're all well, guys. I hope the, the work's going all well. Seems to be a, a bit of healthy amount of work coming in, so that's good. Um, yeah, so stay in, um, apart from when you're going out and having a, a good sort of romp and walking around and healthy exercise. Um, stay well. Please look after yourselves. And stay gorgeous, um, as if you couldn't, my lovelies. Right, you take care and I will see you tomorrow for Sonnet 74. All right, take care. Bye.